0: Well, if you are new, or maybe even last weekend was your first weekend at CCV, I wanna say welcome or welcome back. I'm so glad you're here. And what I wanna do to start our service today is I wanna ask you a question, all of us, and I just want you to be radically honest. You ready for the question? How many of us would say that there was a time in our life where we know we were spiritually closer to God than we are right now? You don't have to vote, but I mean, I've been there, and maybe you're there right now. Now, there's, immediately, there's, some of you would say this, I'm closer to God right now than I've ever been. And I praise God for that. I'm so glad. But my guess is, for a lot of us here today, we know that there was a time previously in our life that we were a lot closer to God than we are right now. I mean, maybe for you, um, you look back and you go, man, there was a time that I was getting into God's Word like all the time, and I was just absorbing it, and I couldn't wait to understand and apply it to my life, and your prayer life was passionate, and you were inviting people to church like crazy. You just couldn't wait to share your faith and the difference God's made in your life, or maybe for some of you, you, were, you had some really good people around you. You were in a small group, and you were growing, or you were serving and making a difference with your life, and you just knew it, or... For some of us, we would say this there was a time in my life where nothing, nothing could keep me away from being in church every single weekend. I mean, nothing. I mean, I get up, you're tired, who cares? We're going, right? Uh, kids have activities, work around them, right? Um, you wake up and, like, there's a game on TV, DVR, because I'm in God's house, right? Cat gets sick, who cares? <laughs> it's a cat. It's a cat. Nowadays, you know, something like this like, you know, you wake up and if the temperature in Phoenix is below 70 degrees, you're like, I don't know, it's a little cold outside. (laughs) Let's stay home and cuddle up in our bed and let's treat our relationship with God on par with our Netflix account. Some of us just know, like, if we're just honest, come on, we would say there's a time where I know I've slipped in my faith. I know I was closer back then. And here's my question to you, what happened? How would you diagnose what happened in your heart? Well, think about it this way. If you went to a doctor today and something felt off physically, and you were were just like, hey, doc, I don't know what's going on, but something physically is not right with my body, what is the first thing a doctor would check with you? They would take a stethoscope out and put it up to your heart, why? Because the number one killer of people in America is heart disease. And in the exact same way, if you went to God today and just got on and said, God, I don't know what's happened to me spiritually, but I know I'm not as close to you as I, I want to be, what God would do is the very first thing he would do is he'd want to examine the condition of your heart. And what I love, and I've been so excited to preach this message because I've wanted to preach on this passage for so long is we're gonna open up to a a parable that Jesus told. And what Jesus is gonna do is he literally gives us a spiritual stethoscope to put up to our heart to examine the condition of our heart. And nothing could be more important than doing just that. Why? Because Proverbs 4 from the wisest man on earth says this, above all else, what should we do? Guard your heart. In other words, there is nothing more important than your life and mine than us looking at the condition of our heart because what, everything you do, everything you're experiencing in your life right now comes from the condition of where your heart is. Jesus picks up this parable. It's told in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I'm gonna start in in, uh, Matthew chapter 13. Here's what Jesus says. Jesus says that there was a farmer that went out to sow some seed and he was scattering the seed and some of it fell on a path, a really hard path. Path And the birds came along, and they ate it up. Then some fell on some rocky places where there there wasn't much soil. Remember that. There wasn't much soil, and it sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched, and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up and choked out the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. And it produced a crop, watch this, 160, 30 times what was planted, what was sown. Whoever has ears, let him hear. Now what the disciples did next is what I would have done. It's maybe what you're doing right now is they're like, Jesus, we have ears, but we have no idea what you're talking about. And what Jesus does with this parable, and this is amazing because he doesn't always do this with parables, is Jesus sat down and he explains the parable. And what would have happened is everyone would have been leaning in like on, on the edge of their seat going like, I can't wait to hear this. And here's why. They lived in an agricultural society. Everything depended on them growing crops and harvesting what was, being, what was being, no, that's not true of us. Agriculture is important for us, but it doesn't drive everything about our economy. For them, socially, economically, physically, everything depended on this. And all of them would have been familiar with farmers sowing seed. It's what they saw all the time. And what we know in Jesus' day is historically, when a farmer sowed seed in Israel in Jesus' day, they could expect a crop of seven to eight times what was sown. In other words, you sow seed, If you grew seven to eight times what was sown, you'd be like, whoa. If you grew 10 times what was sown, you'd be like, whoa. If you grew 20 times what was sown, you would be the president of the Future Farmers of America, okay? Now, any any alumni of Future Farmers of America, just be proud, right? All of our campuses, anybody out there? Yeah, we love you, okay? Future Farmers of America. But what Jesus says is he says this. He says, there's actually a way to have 30, 60, 100 times what you sow. That kind of harvest. And I'm telling you, everyone would have been blown away because that was unthinkable. The most, you'd have to be the most blessed man in the world to experience that kind of fruit or harvest in your life. Now just pause for a minute. And I want you to just think about your life for a minute What kind of fruit are you experiencing in your life right now, in your marriage, in your dating relationships right now, with your finances, with dealing with your anxiety or your mental health that you know has just been plaguing you over and over again? What kind of fruit are you experiencing You know that big challenge some of you have right in front of you right now? You know what it is. It is a massive challenge at work or in your family with your kids. What kind of fruit are you experiencing? And what Jesus says is there's a way to live your life with a condition in your heart where you can experience 30, 60, 100 times what the average person around you experiences. And I don't know about you, but that is crazy compelling to me. I mean, could you imagine if your prayer life was 30 times more powerful? Could you imagine if your marriage had 60 times more joy? Could you imagine if the Arizona Cardinals were 100 times better next year? <laughs> okay, he's not talking about that, but I wish he was. He's not talking about that, but he's saying there's a way that you can see your life transformed beyond what you could ever imagine. And we're like, Jesus, how do you do that? And Jesus, Begins to explain the parable. And I'm gonna read his explanation from Luke chapter eight, because I really like the way he, he puts this. Here's what Jesus says The meaning of the parable is this the seed is the word of God. Now don't miss this. The seed that is scattered is the word of God. Now that doesn't just mean the word of God in scripture that you might read. It means the word of God that is spoken into your life anytime you might hear the word of God. In other words, that if you look at the original Greek, it means anytime you experience the word of God written, spoken anytime. In other words, what we're doing right now, right this very moment, God is scattering seed into your life that he wants to grow to transform you. That's what the seed is. But then Jesus tells us there are four conditions of the heart that dictate whether that seed grows. He says this, the the seed among the path, those are people that hear and when the devil comes, he takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. As someone who has a hard heart and they don't ever believe what God is saying, Next he says, those on the rocky ground, remember that shallow ground? This is a shallow heart. These are ones who receive the word with joy and they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, they fall away. The seed that fell among the thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they're choked by the worries, riches, and pleasures that come in this life. And they do not mature, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear, they retain it, and by persevering, they produce a crop. That means fruit that is beyond your wildest imagination. What I want to do for just a minute today is I want to take this parable and I want to unpack it for you to look at the four conditions that you could have in your heart right now. And I've been praying all week long that God just allows you today to just be honest and identify. I want you to say which of these conditions is my heart in right now. And the first condition of the heart that Jesus says is there's, there's people that have a hard heart. This is the, this is the one that fell on the path now, in Jesus' day, much like how we farm today, there's rows and rows of crop, but in between the rows of crops, there's a dirt path that the farmer would walk on, or that the wheels would, would go on, or the hooves would go on with animals. And that got pounded and beaten down so hard, it was so hard that when seeds scattered on that hard path, it just bounced right off and it never took root. And very honestly, this is the person here today that that When God speaks into your life, you don't believe it. And I don't know the reason why. It could just be that you've you've experienced so much in your life that's hurtful and harmful, or you've just been beaten down so much that God has a hard time getting anything into your heart. It could be that you've been hurt by a church, by a Christian, by a pastor like me. Whatever happened... You have your doubts and you've just stopped believing. God's word does not get in your heart. And hear this this with love today. The, The hard heart is a heart that's filled with pride. In other words, if you took a stethoscope, a spiritual stethoscope, and put it up next to someone who has a hard heart, here's what you'd hear. I don't need God. I don't want God. He's for weak people. He's for people that don't know what I know. And again, I don't know how you got there I'm sorry you're there, but I just wonder if God would maybe want to open your heart today. And again, you you don't know this, but you know you you see me like you see me, but people forget that I can see you too in the audience, right? I I see you too. I mean, I, and when I go to campuses, I'll go to campuses. I'll walk in and I'll just watch people. I'll, I'll sometimes sit back and just watch people, and and I get to see you. You're seeing me, but you know, sometimes I'll, I'll be looking and I'll see people, and you just got your arms crossed like this, right? You're looking, you're like, oh. all right, preacher boy, let's get this moving, okay? All right, I got a game to go to. Like the cat jokes, that's cool, but the God thing, like just move on, okay? You got like a, a kind of a, a, like a look on your face, like I'm not buying it, and I see you. <laughs> now listen. Some of you are like, I have my arms crossed. Is he talking about me? This is just Some, you know, some of you, this is just kind of how you learn. That, that's fine. But for some of you, this literally represents the condition of your heart. And if that's you, I just want to tell you, I love that you're here. And you're welcome here every single weekend. I hope you keep coming. I hope you keep coming. But the question would be, how's it going in life with a hard heart to God? And if you don't like the answer, maybe God's just here to go, I wanna pry that thing open. I want you to open your heart because I have something better for you. But some of us who just have to admit, I have a hard heart. Now the second condition of the heart that Jesus talks about, I'll call the shallow heart. Remember, the soil is shallow. And in Israel, even today and in Jesus' day, there's parts of Israel where there's parts of the soil that are about two to three inches thick, but underneath it is a bedrock of limestone. So what happens is some seed would, would fall on this very shallow soil and it would sprout up really quickly, but then the sun would come or something would come to scorch it out, and it would just it would just get burned out and it would just be gone and done away with and what Jesus says is this is the person that when they hear the word of God they're fired up they they, he says they receive it with joy they're like yes this is the person that comes to church and they're like dude that was awesome that was awesome I love that the music and the message I'm, I'm going all in I'm going all in, man. I'm going to get baptized. I'm going to start serving. I'm going to start giving. I'm going to get in a group. I'm going to start sharing my faith. It's awesome. Monday morning. I don't remember a thing we even talked about this weekend. You didn't do jack. Or you did do jack, but it lasted a week or a month, and then you dropped out. Now, what happened? Why didn't you grow roots deep? Listen, what Jesus said, Luke 8, 13. They believe for a while, but in a time of testing, what do they do? They fell away. In other words, there's some of us that we get all excited with what God's doing, and then a trial hits, a temptation comes, and man, we fall away so fast because we don't have roots. It is so easy to follow Jesus when life is going good. Jesus never promised that your life would be easy. In fact, Jesus himself said, in this world, you'll have trouble. Take heart, I've overcome the world. But some of us, when trouble comes, we just fall away, we fold. And if you put a spiritual stethoscope next to a shallow heart, it would sound like this. How could this happen to me? How could God allow this in my life? I mean, I'm a good person, and look at all those. Those people are being blessed. What about me? In other words, a shallow heart is filled with a woe-is-me attitude. You know anybody like that? I'll be super just real today. As a pastor in America today, one of my greatest concerns is how soft Christians have become and how many victims we have that are Christians. A victim mentality. Look at me. Now listen, some of you have been legitimately victimized. Sexual abuse and what they did to you was horrific and it's wrong. But just because you've been victimized doesn't mean you have to live as a victim. God speaking to someone right now. You don't have to live as a victim. Jamie and I recently we were sitting down with a couple that lifelong Christians. And they'd just been hurt by somebody. It was someone close to them. And I could not believe the victim language that was coming out of their mouths and this didn't happen a week ago or a month ago because all of us have had that language in the aftermath of, of something really hard right this was years and years and years ago and they're still victims victims and I just it just broke my heart because I thought how can God speak into your life when all you tell yourself is you're a victim. You show me one place in scripture, it says you're a victim. You are not a victim. You are called to be a victor by the power of Jesus that lives inside of you. That is who you're called to be. And we got people walking around. I mean, legitimate Christians walking around going like, look what happened to me. Not recently, like 20 years ago. And I get it. Some of I mean some of us have been really something really, really hard. I'm just telling you, God doesn't want you living as a victim by the power that raised Jesus from the dead. That power is inside of you to help you move beyond what happened to you. To begin to have a soft heart and to forgive and to move on. And I just think it's, it's high time that we call out this victim mentality. Let me ask it this way. Would you say you're more like a Palo Verde or a palm tree? You say, what, what do you mean? Well, it, we have both all throughout Phoenix. We have them on our campuses, okay? If, how many of you own a Palo Verde tree? Not some of you. It's probably good, you don't own a Verde tree. You want to know why? Their roots are so shallow. The first bad storm that comes through, I'm telling you, they're just uprooted, they're gone. Their branches just snap like crazy. Have you ever seen a palm tree in the middle of a hurricane? I mean, a palm tree will be bent all the way over, almost touching the ground in the worst hurricane, and it will bend and it will not snap. You want to know why? Because it, it has it's flexible, and its roots are so deep you couldn't even imagine. Did you know that when a palm tree experiences the worst storms and it bends and doesn't break, that that causes its roots to actually go deeper? That is the picture of what God wants for your life, that when the storms hit, you don't get all victimized. You let it draw you deeper into your faith, into a God who loves you and wants to take you through the storm. You're to be a palm tree, not a palaverdi. And can I show you that? Can I show it to you? Psalm 92. But the godly will flourish like... Oh, like a palm tree. Like God gave me an example from nature of what I should do. Let's do it. I just, I just, I, I want someone to just move beyond the hurt and the pain that we all experience in life. Don't have that shallow ground. What's the third condition of the heart? The third condition of the heart is called a crowded heart. Now Jesus says this is the, the condition where the seed falls on thorns and, and, and the thorns come up and they choke out any amount of growth. So in other words, the plant starts growing. That's the good thing. It, it has some growth and maybe even some fruit start coming from it, but the, the thorns choke it out. Now the word choke in the original language here means to be crowded around. You get so crowded with the things of this world and this life that it chokes out anything God wants to do in your life. Now, what did Jesus say crowds him out more than anything else? This isn't me, this is the words of Jesus. Matthew chapter 13, verse 22, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. The two greatest things that will choke God out in your life is anxiety and materialism. The greatest pandemic our world will ever face is not COVID or some other virus. It's what many of us are experiencing right now. It's the pandemic of anxiety that overwhelms us and worry, or materialism and the deceitfulness of just wanting more. If you put a stethoscope next to a crowded heart, what would you hear? You would hear, I'm so worried, I'm so anxious. And I want more, 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 more. A crowded heart is a heart that's filled with worry and materialism. And why why do these two things, why, why did Jesus call out these two things? Why are these so destructive in our lives? Because both of them are linked. Both of them are linked. I'll show you that. But both of them have us relying on something instead of relying on God. Now, hang with me for a minute. What is the root of anxiety and worry? It's the same Greek word in the New Testament. What's the root of it? The root is control. I want to control my kids, their future, their health, my job, my finances, my marriage, if I'll ever get married, if I'll ever get remarried again, if I'll ever anything, I want control. And God sometimes has to pry our fingers open and try to show us, you're not in control. You're designed to let me be in control. Not irresponsible, but just, you need to let me in control. And watch this. This is so interesting. This is the way I like to say it. What you're trying to control the most reveals where you trust God the least. Did you know that? which means where you trust God the least is what you'll worry about the most. Therefore, what you worry about the most often reveals where you trust God the least. Does that pierce anybody else's heart? It pierces mine. Because when I look at that and I let that sink in, it it shows me all the ways I don't trust God. In fact, a couple years ago, God began to reveal to me, Ashley, you don't really trust me with your kids. You don't. You don't. And I had to realize back, I gotta release control. But what is the number one worry for most people in America today? Statistically. Statistically, the number one worry, 70 75% of Americans, their number one worry is their finances. Why? Because we are consumed with getting more. We are consumed with the material things of this world and we are relying on those for our satisfaction and to fill our hearts instead of filling our hearts with God and his peace and his provision. And we try to teach you this all the time around here at CCV. I hope you hear my heart on this. I try to teach you that the antidote to materialism is a heart filled with generosity. Becoming generous. And you have to learn to become generous or you'll always have a crowded heart. In fact, I'll say it this way if money is your best friend, God is not. And be very careful making money your best friend. It'll take care of you one day and it'll choke you the next. And we have a country that's being choked out with just our our pursuit of more. And I can say that honestly because I've been there, guys. I've been there. Uh, There was a time I've shared in my life where Jamie and I, man, we were struggling so bad in this area. And it was only when we developed this spirit of generosity, I'm telling you, it just breaks the power of this in your life. And when we became more generous, you see more of God's provision. And when we see more of God's provision, you trust God more. And when you trust God more, it breaks the roots of this thing that can crowd our hearts out so much. Now, it's, it's a crowded heart. And if you were asking me today, hey, Ashley, Which of these three conditions, the hard heart, the shallow heart, or the crowded heart, which one do most Americans struggle with today? I think we got to struggle in all of them. I've been there in all these before in my own life. I would say the crowded heart may be the one that plagues most people. And it's one thing to admit that. It's another thing to do something about it, which gets to the last condition of the heart, which is what? The open heart. This is the one that yields 30, 60, 100 times. What is an open heart? I wanna go back to the words of Jesus, and I just want you to see it really clearly. So I'm gonna read these verses again, and I just want you to say out loud with me what's in bold. You ready? Luke chapter eight, verse 12. It says, those along the path are the ones who? They hear it. They actually hear it, but they don't believe it. Verse 13, those on the rocky ground are the ones who receive the word with joy when they? Say it louder. They? They still hear it, but it's too shallow. It It doesn't take roots because of the trials in this life. Next he says, the seed fell among the thorns. This is the shallow ground. Those who? Hear. Did you notice that in every single one of the conditions of the heart, all of them heard? Which means what? You coming to church and hearing God's word is not the end all, be all. What is? What is? What is? Let me show you the open heart. Watch this. The open heart says this. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who? They heard the word, but what did they do with it? They retained it. They retained it. Now, retained it does not mean to remember it. Retain it is the Greek word kateo, which means to Hold fast, to hold fast in obedience. God, I'm gonna take your word. I'm gonna hold fast on it. I will let this direct my life, not my emotions, not what other people say, not the trials in this world. God, I'll take your word and I'm gonna be obedient. I'm gonna do it. That's the first thing they do, but watch the second thing they do. This is just as important. And by persevering, they produce a crop that is much fruit, 30, 60, 100 times. So God, I'm not just going to do it. When it gets hard, I won't stop doing it. What is an open heart? An open heart is, says this, I'm going to do what God says even when it's hard. Even when life didn't turn out the way I thought. Does that describe your life? when things get hard when your spouse left you and said i'm done were you done with god when your finances begin crumbling apart did you fold in your faith when the doctor said it's cancer You say, God, how dare you? When your anxiety and your mind's going a thousand different directions and Satan whispers in your ear, you're worthless. Do you believe it? Or do you tell Satan, you go to hell? That's where you belong. That's where you're going anyways. I have a father who sent his son Jesus to die for me. That's the kind of worth I have. Like what does it take to uproot you in your faith? You know, when you look at these pictures of the different hearts, the different conditions, where are you at? Just 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 name it. Like, where am I? Not not what you want, just where are you? A hard heart? Do you have a shallow heart? Do you have a crowded heart because of like stuff and worry? Do you have an open heart? Do you have an open heart? The answer for some of us is a very honest no. And some of us think this, I, I, think, I, I think I'm done for, I think, I think I'm hopeless, I don't, have, I don't have an open heart. Listen to me, you are never hopeless. Don't you dare call yourself hopeless when you have a God that raised his son from the dead and wants to raise your heart from the dead. You know what God specializes in? He specializes in heart transplants, in heart transformation. Watch this in Ezekiel chapter 36, and I'll give you what? A new heart, and I'll put a new spirit in you. I'll take out that stony, stubborn heart. I'll give you a tender, a responsive heart, and I'll put my spirit in you so that you'll follow my degrees and you'll be careful to obey. The open heart is the heart of obedience, even when it's hard. And so the question is, if you want an open heart today, where do you need to be obedient? Like, where's one area in your life that you know, God, I need to take a next step. I need need to do something in my faith or I need to remove something from my life that's holding me back. Like, what is that for you? And what I wanna do is, I think this is way too important to let you move past it. I just wanna give you a moment to ask God, where do I need to step of obedience so I can have an open heart? And the way we're gonna do that is, I've asked our bands to come on every campus, and we're gonna sing a song that was written by our community called Bloom. And the whole song is about God treading out the thorny soil in your life, taking soil that's dead and barren, and making it grow again. And I want you to have a moment where you just trust that God wants to grow your life and give you you more than you could imagine, but it's gonna take a step of obedience. So you just ask yourself, God, what step of obedience do I need today? And then I'm gonna come out after we're done singing, and I wanna give you a few challenging words as we apply this to our life. Let's sing this together.
1: The roots I planted withered in the soil I try to stand and wait for rainfall A rushing flood of water to my soul Though it seems nothing grows here anymore Feel the presence of the one who can restore. Cause where you walk, the flowers bloom. You turn deserts into gardens when you move. This barren land can. Come tread the ground inside my heart and make it new, Lord, let it bloom.
0: If you're, uh, if you're standing, stay standing for just a minute. Do you believe God can restore anything and make it new? Yes, yes. If you've got a hard heart, you're gonna need to say yes to Jesus. Some of you have a hard heart and you just have never even made Jesus Lord and, and gotten baptized and that's your next step. If you have a shallow heart, you're gonna allow God to, to dig some deep roots and you need to say yes to something. Yes, God, yes, I need to go deeper. In my faith. If you've got a crowded heart, you likely need to remove something and replace it. I don't know what that is for you, but, but God's gonna reveal that. He maybe has already revealed that. And your, your action step is just to be obedient. Do you understand that? that? the takeaway today is whatever God's telling you, just be obedient, retain it, do it, and then persevere. And you watch God create a harvest that's 30, 60, 100 times. But remember, to do that, hey, if you've ever dug in a garden that's a little messed up, you got to pull some weeds. You got to dig deep in the soil. It takes some work. And I pray that you would be obedient to whatever the work is God wants to do in your life. Because remember, remember, God's blessings are unlocked by our obedience. So I'm going to pray that God gives you the courage and the strength to be obedient to whatever He's telling you today. Let's pray together. Father, I praise you, I thank you for what you're doing in our church. Right right now, there's a man or woman that's gonna take a massive step of faith. and I pray you bless it, bless it. I pray for the teenager that's walked away from their parents, they gotta come back home. I pray for the, the man or woman that's getting ready to walk away from a marriage. They stay, put roots down, watch you bless that relationship. I pray for someone who's got something in their life they need to remove, pornography, a thing on the side, their greed, their anxiety to put it aside and give you the room to move. Father, whatever it is in our lives, we, we just wanna follow you. We wanna experience your blessings and that comes from our obedience. So help us be obedient today. In Jesus' name, amen. CCV, let's go have an open heart. Have a great week.